It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as we bring you EP 100. And 78, Jake Elliott, Brad Schellner with you as always. A monster program lined up for your listening pleasure. A couple of great guests and stallions. Who you got? Lax Class Locks. Who we had? All of it coming right up. As this is kind of odd here, Brad, as we record on Monday night, we got Monday lacrosse, I believe, for the fifth time in NLL history. And that game just wrapped up. Colorado Mammoth beating the New York Riptide. What was the final there? 10 7? What's going on? How are you doing? 10 7 with, uh, yeah, with an empty netter. With an empty netter. I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it was fun to have. We had Thursday night lacrosse. No, did we have Thursday? We yes, did have Thursday night lacrosse we this did, week. Yeah. And we had Monday night lacrosse. So it was, uh, and then no Sunday. So it was kind of weird to have the pause on on Sunday, but, um, every week you look at the schedule now in April and it's like, Ooh, okay. It's, uh, it's for real. And loaded speaking with Paul, when we had Paul day on last week, you know, he was kind of of the mindset of at the end of March is kind of where everybody is when the really season starts, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's like labor day and the CFL sort of implying, right. There yeah. was so much. Yeah. And so March, end of March and, and, and the chase, the championship is the official brand now for the national cross league from March 31st onwards, 27% of the schedule is being crammed into the last five weeks here. Um, so there's a lot to look across and Hey, I'm happy to have it on Thursdays and Mondays. Bring it on. No doubt. So mammoth pick up another win and hopefully you got your, who you got picks in prior to that face-off. If not, you just lose out on your one game, so not the end of the world. But we'll announce the uh, who you got winner for Week 18 and get you set for Week 19 here in the fourth quarter. And with that being said, Lax Class Locks will be a little different this week as well. Congratulations, by the way, as you hit your parlay. We'll discuss more later, but... Uh, odds won't be up getting until people paid. Yes. Listen up. We're getting people paid. <laughs> we won't have, uh, the odds at our jumbo bucks, jumbo bucks. Yes. We won't have the odds at our, at our disposal. So we'll have to post those up online and Charlie there. will get the boosted parlay this week. Cause, uh, he's, he's coming in hot. What, uh, two great guests. I mentioned uh, a lot of, purple and gold here if you will on this week as we got a couple of good kids from Coquitlam one from the Toronto Rock and Shallon Rogers the other from the Calgary Roughnecks and Christian Del Bianco we'll look forward to those two conversations as well what about uh, the rest of the weekend man what uh, you get up anything on, on Sunday after the game there that didn't really go well, that well. I, I called my I called my first professional double header this weekend right. which was you got it again this fun. week I've, yeah, two back to back TSN games of the week this week in Calgary and Saskatoon Friday and Saturday. And then this weekend was TSN game of the week Friday in Calgary and then Vancouver Warriors home game Saturday. Then there was also a TSN game of the week San Diego and, and Toronto. So it's TSN's ramping up their schedule to finish off the season here, too. So you've got a few back to back weekends. But yeah, I've never done a been covering calling games in the national cross league since the 2012 season. I don't think I've ever done a back-to-back 
night before and obviously the players go through it and it was just calgary to vancouver so it's literally probably the shortest travel in the west for sure um and then not many flights shorter in the east either like it was just an hour but you know it's still by the by the end of that second game you're like you're, you're feeling it you know and i'm just from a broadcasting perspective i can only imagine how the vancouver warriors were feeling you can see that a little bit on the floor uh, when you look back at their game and how that one sort of unfolded for them but it's not easy um but but it was fun. And like I said, like TSN and the National Lacrosse League wrapping up the schedule here for the final month. Indeed they are. So why don't we just jump into things here? A couple of storylines kicking off the week. And it come, you know, one comes from a team that was on a bye week. And that's the Saskatchewan Rush here, Brad, who this one kind of caught me off guard. Not going to lie, but Derek Keenan relieving former head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough, Jeff McComb, of his duties. I have some thoughts on this. I'm assuming you do as well. Where do you come out on it? Well, Derek Keenan said it was the the toughest decision he's had to make in 30 years in the National Lacrosse League, behind benches as a general manager, as a coach in in any capacity, firing essentially one of his best friends and a guy that he's worked with so closely for so long. And on a season with only four games left where you're four and 10. And I don't know if Saskatchewan is, is thinking that their playoff hopes are, are alive and they're thinking they're going to win out and try to try to make a chase for the champion championship here. But so to me, it's kind of odd timing. Like why do it now? But they have announced that Jimmy Quinlan will be taking over in a full-time capacity starting next season. So maybe it's like, Hey, let's get four games of solid NLL mentorship for Q here before he really takes over the reins so he can work with Derek Keenan closely over the next four games. So yeah, the timing's curious. I've, I'm a little surprised that they, they, they made the move this quickly, but all those, all this, obviously with Derek Keenan hovering around the bench the last few games, mm. he's obviously got his finger on the pulse of the team and the temperature of the team. And he's seeing something that, that he wants to be different. And, you know, I think your take, uh, if I'm, if I know you and, and the conversations that we've had and the things that you shared on the air here the last few weeks, Jumbo, is that, I think you have the belief that that Jeff McComb is a great and brilliant and one of the best offensive minds of all time, but does he can he command a bench and manage and manage a bench? Well, I definitely think he can manage a bench, man. I don't I don't think there's any question about that. Like in and I, you know, Minto Cups three championships with that franchise, first year as the head coach, coming off a COVID delay, and just the the relationship alone with Derek. And then you add to the fact that they lost their starting goaltender in Evan Kirk, their face-off man in Jeremy Thompson, one of their bright stars on defense in Graham Hossick, Marty Dinsdale, Ben McIntosh, Courier hasn't worked, Shatler's two years older, Marshall Palace, I'm not even sure he is going to stick in the league at this point. Uh, so that's a lot. And then being the first year and being the relationship that he and Derek have, I just thought like, give him a leash here, like let him figure things out. But that when Derek and Jimmy were absent in Calgary, that's when my ears perked up on this. Cause that was very odd to not only not see Derek who had been on the bench for the last number of games, but then no Jimmy there as well. And I don't know what, what that was about, but, like you said, four games left. I think he let Bubs ride out the season and, and you know, have an off season and then 
if things don't get out of the gates the way you're looking for next year, then I think you can entertain the idea. But again, Derek Keenan, I have a hard time questioning anything that man does. But holy cow, that had to be a really, really tough decision for him to to make that move when he did. So that's where I come out on it. Um, some other sad news here, Brad, coming out of the National Lacrosse League. We had him on lax class. I'm not sure if you're riding along for that one or not on our calls to the hall. Eddie's top 100, Neil Stevens, legendary scribe for, I don't want to get this wrong, because actually he called you out on this. So I know you were now. What was Canadian? Post media or Canadian press, which one was it? No, I think I think you edited that out because he didn't get at me for that. I know it was I know it was the Canadian press was one of his stints for sure. And I want to explain what the Canadian press is. So what one of the things that made Neil so revered in the lacrosse world and what got him into the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame and his in his own words when he was on this podcast, I think what was it, Jumbo episode? 123 and i encourage people to go back and listen to that chat tweeted that out about. yeah go I'll, I'll look it up anyways he he wrote for the canadian press and the canadian press is a it was back then a non-profit media organization that supplied news to newsrooms across the country so the associated press were like the grinders who would go to news stories or sporting events they would type up in really sort of loose terms um, what happened at these events. And then they shipped that news to your local newspapers or local television stations. And that was the, that was where they got their breaking news from. And then you in house would then interpret what the Canadian press sent you and sort of put it into your own words and then, and then get it out. And you could also hire the Canadian press to like do your news for you on a, on a local radio station. But long story short, he wrote for the Canadian press, which is, you know, a non-for-profit gig. So you're not doing it for the money or the fame. You're doing it to get the news out there. And it was him that went to his editors and said, we should be covering the National Lacrosse League on this service. And they said, yeah, sure. And in every Canadian city, they had a beat reporter in market who would file stories to the Canadian press and that would get shipped to local newsrooms for your local sports reporters to then put their spin on and report on. And if it wasn't for Neil Stevens, that wouldn't have existed. It unfortunately no longer exists anymore due to media budget cuts over the last 10 years but he was instrumental in making it happen in the first place so in their in the heydays of the toronto rock dynasty and the vancouver ravens and and the beginnings of the calgary roughnecks he really helped create buzz around all those franchises across the country yeah super interesting conversation you're right it is ep 123 so if you want to go back and listen to calls to the hall with neil stevens i highly we highly encourage you do that uh, and rest in peace to Neil and uh, thoughts and prayers to his friends and family. He was quite sick actually when he, he came on the podcast and, and uh, we're grateful that, that he made time and, and the effort to, to Brad, I, honestly, it could have been his last interview that, that he ever did for all I know. But uh, so that'll be in, in the vault for forever. And, and uh, yeah, sad, sad story there. We got, so much to talk about here on this episode. We have to get into, we get to get into week 18 here. And it was another monster. I, I guess we should start maybe backwards about the game that just took place. And then we'll we'll kind of get into Thursday. Colorado and New York hooking up on a Monday. And they were, what, deadlocked at seven at halftime. Callum Crawford going down with an injury 
in warm-up, so Almost, yeah. no show time, and it was evident there for the Riptide, who are starting to struggle to score some goals here a little bit, just putting up 12 in their last two games combined. So a little bit of concern there, but Colorado, another win on their home floor, and uh, they're starting to knock on the door here a little bit of San Diego for the top of the table. And they play San Diego one more time as well at home in Colorado, which will be, which will be nice to see San Diego on that two game skid, but you're right. That's that's two games this weekend that New York has played as we sort of couple them together where they only mustered what seven, they scored seven against Philadelphia, five against Philadelphia, five against Philadelphia. So, and that was one of the most high flying offenses in the league to start the season. So obviously no Callum is, um, is going to hurt. And I think teams are starting to figure out Jeff Teat a little bit. Not that you can ever figure out Jeff Teat, but there's enough tape on him now to start game planning and knowing what sort of space, time and room you can take away. And I think that's setting them back a little bit. And, you know, you go back to that trade deadline and a lot of people are still myself included scratching their heads of why you would give away a first overall draft pick. Yeah. You want some beef and some size there in Tyler Digby, but were they not getting that in, in Jake Fox and Kiernan getting to the inside? Like, I think there was enough guys doing the dirty work there that even if Gibson was having an off year in New York, this is still a guy that I thought we said this a couple weeks ago. I thought we'd be saying T to Gibson for the next decade. Like we were when they were playing junior together. I thought that was going to be a special combination. So, and look what's happening in Denver right now. They beat the New York Riptide this weekend. They beat the Buffalo Bandits this weekend. The only, the only one of only two teams to do that all season long. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and Colorado starting to click pretty good. I just want to get this in here before we continue on Graham Perro, uh, NLL fact of the day fame tweeting this out from his personal account, possible scenario in the NLL West Panther city gets to 10 and eight San Diego, Colorado, Vancouver, Calgary, all tied at nine and nine. It's possible for Panther city to end up at nine and nine as well. And for Georgia, Halifax, Philly, and Albany to all finish nine and nine. We could have nine out of 14 teams with the same record, Brad. That is where we are at at this point of the season, where nine out of the 14 teams could all end up at nine and nine. Nuts. Yeah, that's just absolutely mind boggling. It is. It's cool. I was, <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, I think we've been talking for a couple weeks. Like, 10 is clinching people right now. Yeah. Uh, Toronto just clinched that 10. San Diego will clinch with their next win, and that'll be their 10th win. Um, as the scenario sort of play out, I yeah, I do think that nine is sort of the magic number. I didn't realize so many teams can still Holy. achieve that, especially with all these head-to-head matchups coming up. What I wanted to highlight, and this kind of relates to the Vancouver game, but what's impressive about Colorado is that the East has dominated the West this season, head-to-head matchups. So before the Mammoth game tonight, the East was nine and four against the West. Mm. Vancouver 0-3 against the East. San Diego Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan is one and two. Calgary is zero and one. Uh, San Diego is zero and two against the East, as you just said. And then now Colorado, the only team that's three and zero and perfect against yeah. against the East. So you know, if if any of these teams have more head to heads against the East, that's something to look out for as well. But you know, it just it just that sort of went to show me that the East is kind of at a different bar right now, especially those few teams at the top. And, you know, I still think there might be the likely crossover team probably coming from 
Uh, maybe all the more reason for Colorado to gun for that number one spot so they can play an Eastern team in the opening round. All right, let's get into it here. Thur- Thursday night lacrosse, Buffalo into Philadelphia. We had Coach Day on last week, and 17-12 the final in this, Brad, but it was not this that close. Like, it was 7-2 after the first quarter here for Buffalo, 10-3 at half. They outscore them in the third quarter, and then they take Vino out of the game, and... Philly gets some junk at the end of this game to make it respectable at 17-12. But Buffalo just kept it rolling. Only a measly seven points for Dane Smith, however. Yeah, just slightly under his his uh, average this season, which is 7.8 right now and still on points or on pace for 140 points to destroy um, his single season record. But my hot take, few, bro. my hot take. There's been a, you said by ten. Well, still can happen. Pace. I, uh, there's three three games. I spiced it up it. a little bit. I spiced what's it he, up. What's he gonna need? He's gonna need like eight a game or something like, like yeah, that. Yeah, more then, than that, I think. Well, over the next few. Anyways, anyhow, but this is just you know we've there's been a few games like this this year where I feel like we glaze them over because it's just the Bandits have been so dominant, yeah. and then both these teams sort of flip the schedule two nights later. Yeah, kind of kind of weird how that all shook down. And a few games there on Friday as well as I get my computer to refresh here quickly. Um, where are we going? We're going to Halifax as they play their final home game of their schedule. And they get Rochester in town. And it's you know a game that Halifax really needed. They beat the Nighthawks 11-7 to as they continue to, to kind of struggle this year. As... A lot of young guys on that team getting their experience, and they've been without Kirk and Hartley all year long. No, nothing against Joel Watson, but when you got to go down to your third goaltender on the depth chart in the middle of a season, you're going to struggle. And Rochester's just kind of playing behind the eight ball here, but Halifax gets back in the win column, and they got to be feeling better about that. Yeah, their last home game at the Nest, and we said it last week, like Rochester is sort of everyone's get right team you want to come back and have a good showing us Rochester Nighthawks and then get yourself some confidence heading into your next game because Halifax is going to be tough this weekend on the road uh in in Calgary so they get right how right did they look Cody Jamison doesn't score I think they got three or four goals out of their lefties the rest was all coming from the right side of that offense Warren Hill has a bounce back game against Rochester so maybe you take some some confidence into that but I still think there's some a little bit of trouble in paradise at a dicey part of the season for the Halifax Thunderbirds right now, who right now are in third place. They don't get that home field advantage and they are one of the best home teams in the national cross league. So we'll talk to Sean Rogers about this in a few minutes, but I think if you're Halifax and Toronto, that home floor in second place right now is super, super important in the East. Let's double down here on the Toronto rock as they had a two and O weekend, Brad, and I had Georgia winning this game on their home floor and Toronto back winning on their home floor against San Diego, which they did. But let's focus on this one here against Georgia. I think this was a bit of a statement game for the Rock to go on the road and get it done in Georgia, a team that they you know wanted to keep in their rearview mirror here a little bit. And now you see the separation as they move to 10-5, and five, clinch a playoff spot. Georgia hovering around that 500 mark again, still above it at 8-7, and seven, but... Tough loss there for Georgia, but a really impressive win for Toronto. Yeah, and Georgia cooling off a little bit. Like, they were one of the hottest teams in the league the last month or so. 
And yeah, Toronto to have a, a sweep of a weekend is is very rare. We haven't seen that a ton this year where a team has gone 2-0 and over a weekend. Buffalo did it against Halifax a week ago, but that's that's tough to do, especially going all the way down south and then going all the way home to Hamilton, especially after losing to Georgia a week ago. So that's a good bounce back there for the Toronto Rock, a big confidence booster that they use to hold forward against the San Diego Seals a couple nights later. Yeah, and then, you know, they go back home, and like you said, going from California back to Toronto, you got border, you got customs, you played the night before, but showed no signs of it, and they do it without Dan Dawson and Robbie Hellyer in their lineup as well. They hang 14 on San Diego, who has now lost two in a row. Things got wild and woolly at the end of this one. Brody Merrill, Billy Hostrauser into it. Brad Cree was mixing it up. Shumay and Jay. There was some real bad blood in this game for two teams that just do not see each other very often, but 14-7 Toronto in front of a raucous crowd there in Hamilton, who have really taken to the Toronto rock and like they found a home there in the hammer have Toronto, which sounds weird, but that's, that's what it is. Uh, Toronto is home in Hamilton. Hamilton is a a rough and tumble blue collar town. And so, yeah, they were going ape when that game was, was getting a little out of hand. They loved, they loved goals. They loved seeing their team win. They also love to see their team, fight and the Toronto Rock know that they they put on they put on a good show there's just we'll talk to Sean about this there's so much emotion for a game that you know for these two teams not a lot of bad blood between them San Diego had a chance to clinch Toronto so it's a kind of a clinching game I guess yeah either team they won they were in right but there's like Brett Hickey back in Toronto the entire San Diego coaching staff going back to a, a place where they played with the Toronto rock. So I guess there's a bit of that. And then I saw like um, um, Pat Merrill brought his son to the game. So I know there's a lot of friends and family in the building and just all the emotions seem to be there for this TSN game of the week too, but just a game that I don't think anybody was going, this was going to be the craziest and sort of wildest and feistiest game of the week. I, I certainly didn't see that coming, but Forster stepped up and scored a couple of big goals for the righties. Dan Craig was unstoppable and, and Tommy Schreiber is going to become the next 40 goal scorer in this league um, in, in his next game. And he keeps playing lights out too. And Rick, Rick Rose left and both goaltenders didn't finish yeah. that lacrosse game in, <laughs> in Toronto. Frank, it's, Frankie trying to get back into it after the, you know, Steph Hutchcraft was mouthing off, and it was uh, entertaining. I don't know if it wasn't this week, but it was the previous week. I'd, have you seen the video of the guy standing up on the boards, just rattling the glass, and then he gets into a tilt in the stands? And have you seen that video yet? I have, and that, uh, yeah, that's that's oh, Hamilton. That's Hamilton to a T right there. That's yeah. the new Rock City. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so big weekend there for the Toronto Rock, and we'll talk more about it with one Challen Rogers here coming up in quarter number two but moving along here friday night in calgary and this was maybe the the biggest game of the weekend with a lot on the line here for these two teams vancouver a chance to get the season series against calgary but they come up short in overtime as they got behind the eight ball here a little bit brad 4-1 after quarter one but then they outscore calgary in the second and third quarter they're even in the fourth but Curtis Dixon with his fourth of the game and kind of a scrambled, broken play at the end of OT gets it to go. Vancouver doesn't even touch the ball in overtime and kind of have to lick their wounds coming home as Calgary. You knew they were going to be desperate here for this game, and it was a battle, like classic 
Vancouver, Calgary lacrosse here. But it goes the way of the Roughnecks, and uh, I guess the final thing I'll say on this is face-offs matter. 15 and yeah, 23 well, hey, for Burke. Hey, 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 especially, in, especially in OT, and Vancouver had no Tyrell Hammer-Jackson, who's out for the season, and they hadn't dressed um, young Mitch Gustafson yet, who we'll talk about against the Albany game because he looked really good that mm-hmm. night. Maybe they're thinking, oh, man, we should have slipped him in the Calgary game, but how do you get a guy in who you just brought off the ALL roster and has never even met your team, and that was going to be tough to get him into – to game number one, but you're right. It was a real Calgary Vancouver slugfest and, you know, Curtis Dixon just loves scoring goals against Vancouver. It's, it's what he's does. He scored four the last time Vancouver was in Calgary, Vancouver scrapped back, but this time they were down after the first quarter. They're one of the strongest first quarter teams, in the national Cross league. They're used to playing with leads. This time they had to learn how to fight back. And they did, they fought back from five, one, they fought back from seven, four, they score things late to to take the lead late, and then Calgary rattles it off and sends it to overtime, and they never get the ball. And I think Chris Gill and the crew just must have been so upset looking back at the clip of that overtime goal. Like there's three shots, three shots they got on that possession that went two went wide, and the third one, Vancouver's backs are all turned because they're still their backs are still turned. They don't know where that bouncing ball is coming from. And if just one person would have turned around Two and seconds, seen what that ball yeah. was coming, it would have been, they would have been on Dixon's hands and he wouldn't have had that shot. So, you know, a, a couple, we'll say a couple outside shots that, that went in against uh, Alex Bouquet in there. And they think they were right to start Bouquet. He's, he's been their guy the last few games and he's the guy that they want to start. But there was a few goals that I think that Alexis Bouquet would want back and to not get the ball back in overtime is uh is top and that put Calgary in third place. Like that was a playoff game for the Calgary Roughnecks. Vancouver had another chance to do it the next night, but Calgary left them and is now in third place in the West. And Vancouver right now is on the outside looking in. Yeah. Two teams will meet again on April the 16th and that could very well decide the playoff spot here. You got to figure Vancouver has got to run the table in their final three games, Saskatchewan, Calgary, San Diego to finish out the year. If they want a shot, to get in so tough pill to swallow there for the Warriors big win for the Roughnecks and we will talk about it all with Christian Del Bianco in quarter number three and and since we're on Vancouver right now Brad why don't we move on to the game on Saturday against the Albany Firewolves we were there inside Rogers Arena beach party spring break all of it uh, at Rogers Arena as the Albany Firewolves come to town and they were another desperate lacrosse team here. We talked to Glenn Clark earlier in the week, and he thinks he has to. their team has to win out for them to make the playoffs. And they came in a little banged up. They had to sign Dalton Lupel out of the ALL because they only traveled with 17 bodies. Charlie Kitchen scoring the goal of the year so far. I don't know if that's up for debate or not. It could be. But Dougie Jamison, I think the story in this one, Vintage Dougie here. Vancouver out shooting Albany and kind of carried the play, but they just could not get it past Jameson. No. And yeah, he played absolutely unreal. Probably the best game of his season. I think it was statistically too, save wise and, and goals against wise for the year for the reigning goaltender of the year who's had a real up and down season, but came to play twice on the West Coast. Now, a big win in San Diego and then the win in Vancouver. And yeah, this, this was a wacky game. Like it was, it was entertaining and you're right. Vancouver, I think they controlled the five on five play. Albany scores the two Charlie kitchen goals, which both were equally 
beautiful and freakish. And I don't think a goaltender in the world would have stopped either one of those, especially the first one reverse backhand around the world through a triple team. So there was that there was a hidden ball trick goal from yeah. center yeah. where it was just a defensive breakdown. And we still don't really know what happened as Fryer he pointed at saw it. He pointed at Sorichetti who had the ball and Sorichetti shot and it still went through him from the, from behind the restraining line. He was going off for a change. So there was that goal. There was the chit kitchen goals. There was a couple in transition. Um, and then every time Vancouver had these opportunities, five on five, Dougie was just flying coast to coast across the crease and took a couple away from Dinsdale. Charlotte Beatty's probably had 15 shots on net and, Nice to see him go confidently to the rack, and that we're we both become big fans of him the last few weeks, and the confidence that he's he's putting on and showing flashes of what will become. Yeah. But if you you know you give Charlotte Media's a couple of goals, you take away the the Birch or the kitchen and the and the and the hidden ball trick goal, and we've got a pretty close lacrosse game because five on five, Vancouver was controlling it. Q was good, but. Resiteritz had a quiet night. Banesh had a quiet night. They kept those guys in check. But I think the concern for Vancouver, the last two games in Calgary and in Albany, was teams sort of figuring out what to do with with Kyle Killen and Keegan Ball and not letting them find their opportunities. And when those two guys are quiet, there's not a lot else going on. There's Logan Schuss and, and Beads contributing, but they've really, teams have really found their homework and taken away Kyle Killen's sweet spot, taken away his quick stick. And Keegan Ball is having a tough time going one-on-one whenever there's all this slide help now to know that they could just take that away from him. So Vancouver's in tough. I think they got to figure out how to, how to find some space for those guys and sort of reinvent the wheel a little bit on that, on that righty side. Uh, but they're still right there. And you, like you said, they could win the table, run the table and, and still be there. And they can still be there at eight and 10 too. I think that's a real possibility. It depending be, on what man. else happens it's on the road. They've got, happen. they've got the tiebreaker with Panther City. They've got the tiebreaker with San Diego. I don't know if they'll need that. They're going to have to get it, though, against Calgary for sure yeah. in a couple of weeks. That's, when they play the that game. That's, 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 the that's the game that's going to hinge, I think, playoffs for both those two clubs. And it's on their home floor, which, you know, is huge. And I, I don't want to dwell on the past, Brad, but I just go back to those two Colorado games where they held massive leads and couldn't hold on. And then I think to myself – and I know it's one guy, but I've said this before. I don't think there is another player more important to his team than Mitch Jones. And for them to even be in the position that they are without Mitch for as long as they've been without him, I think says a lot about this team in its own right. There's still a lot of belief. I talked to McIntosh, uh, Garrett McIntosh, uh, after the game, and he said that locker room, there's no... There's no hanging your lip and everybody's down. They they know what's up against it here, but they still believe. And listen, they've beat Saskatchewan, they've beat Calgary, and they've beat San Diego twice. And that's what's staring them in the face here coming down the stretch. So it's on them. If they want to make it, they know what they have to do here. But I just think, like, where is this team with 16 in their lineup all year? Yeah, wild, wild to think about. And two things I just want to hit on before we move on was yeah. um, the play of um, Gustavin. 50% against Joe Nardella. Nobody kid, does that. No, nobody's done that this year. And this kid comes from the Oshawa outlaws of the ALL and sort of a scrappy defender and draw taker and highly recommended by the Warriors Eastern scout, Jamie Dubrick and comes in and 
and has a huge game. And on the Albany side, we almost saw a cool story where Dalton Lupo was going to get in ALL West street free agent um, who almost got a taste. And that's another sort of gritty feisty defender. These are the kind of guys that are going to get jobs in the national lacrosse league full time when things expand and open up, but just kind of cool that, you know, the ALL still providing some street free agents. Look what Farrell and Milligan are doing Mm -hmm. in Panther city right now. It's nice to have this feeder system of guys playing right now that are ready to go at a moment's notice. And teams can still sign street free agents up until April the 16th. So we may see some teams add, cut a guy, whatever injuries are going to happen. Goalies. It's all out there till April 16th uh, to make your final roster. The other thing I wanted to throw out was the next tiebreaker after head to head is strength of schedule wins. Mm -hmm. So there was a moment there this weekend, because it's going to change every day, but there was a moment there where Calgary leapt Vancouver for third place. Vancouver, the same record as Philadelphia for the wild card spot. But because Vancouver's beaten teams with stronger records like San Diego, that kept them above the Philadelphia wings who, again, like it's coming back to haunt them that they still haven't beaten a team with a 500 record aside from the Georgia swarm who became a 500 team later on. But that that's going to help teams, especially a team like Vancouver, who's beaten San Diego twice down the stretch here. If that next tiebreaker comes into place, who have you beaten to earn yourself that playoff spot? Yeah. I mean, and that (laughs) is crazy to think about. Uh, We're going to have, we're going to be going deep. I know the last one is going to just be in like a six page doc a few weeks ago. And we're like, you know, no one's getting to the third page because that'll never happen, but it actually might. And now I'm starting to think, I know exactly why they sent that out. It's 2018 all over again, man. Remember that? Like just there was it was so convoluted. I, I'm saying Evan is going to be in his absolute glory, figuring all these different scenarios out. I can just see him now doing it. Uh, let's move along here. We got two more games to cover. You mentioned Philadelphia not being a team over 500. When they beat Georgia, they weren't over 500. But I I don't know if you can count that or not because they weren't at the time. Paul Day was counting that last. Yeah, week. I know he was. I don't think he should though. Eleven uh, five, Philadelphia beats the New York Riptide. We kind of alluded to this. The Riptide have really struggled to score goals in their last couple. Philadelphia kind of got it going here and and get back in the win column after taking a whooping against Buffalo again. Kevin Crowley with probably his best uh, effort of the season with seven points and Philly still lingering around there, but they. They have their challenges in front of them as well. Yeah, I'm just trying to bring up their schedule to see who they they have left. But you know, they're they're right there and well, playing against see. teams that they got San Diego in San Diego this weekend. Then they've got Albany and Georgia. So yeah. again, East team going all the way west. It's it's happened a few times this year. They've got Albany who they're battling with, and they've got Georgia who they're essentially battling with. So some interesting games here for Philadelphia who are finally scoring in double digits the last two games. I mentioned Calgary and Vancouver, maybe the game of the week. I think I'm going to take that back because I kind of forgot about this one. I was watching it out of the corner of my eyes. We were getting ready to go live and it was going down at ball arena in Denver, Colorado was Buffalo playing their second game of the weekend. And finally, Matt Vince looked like a, 39-year-old here, Brad, as he allows 15 against the Mammoth. But that's what it took to beat Buffalo, who put up another 14 goals. But now 13-2 and two Bandits as they suffer their second loss. But maybe the biggest win of the year here for, for Colorado 
as they topple the bandits here. And, and I don't, I didn't really see this one coming, but good on them. I mean, impressive performance there. And, and like I said, Colorado's starting to click. Yeah, second half of a back-to-back to Buffalo, and I, yeah, I know Vince didn't finish Game One, but that's still a, it's still a tough, still a tough weekend to play at home and then have to go into the Mile High City and play in Denver. Like that's that's a tough schedule. So I think Buffalo needs a little bit of adversity, and this might be the adversity that that they're getting. Like, hey, this, we can't take a night off, we can't take a shift off because everyone is coming for us. And I don't know if you necessarily want to roll into the playoffs at at 16 and one wasn't it the rush were 16 and two and yeah. and lost in the first round or second round of the playoffs Bingo, a few yeah. years ago calgary yeah so you need to sort of learn how to lose and learn how to to overcome and bounce back from that so this might be you know shame on the mammoth but it's scary for the rest of the league that buffalo is maybe now getting their adversity and might find another gear for themselves but credit the mammoth man like they've had a pretty up and down season they've had those games against vancouver they've lost to panther city they've got a loss against calgary um, San Diego has had their number pretty much and they'll get a chance at them again this weekend, but you know, Colorado just offers something different every weekend. Like sometimes it's a low scoring slug fest. Sometimes they're losing to Panther city and putting up allowing 20. And then you go out and you put 15 up on the best team in the national lacrosse league. So yeah, it's really coming together. I, I really like what Pat Coyle did at the trade deadline. And when you got Dylan Ward in the net, good things are going to happen more often than not. So that's a team I wouldn't want to be facing in any round of the playoffs. Right yeah. Now. And we mentioned Dane Smith on an absolute heater here. So just keep an eye on the Dane train as he tries yeah. to set a little history. He could set, he could set the assist record this weekend. Yeah. I think he's going to blow that sucker right out of the water. Here. Yeah. It's 85. He's got 17 or so it's 84 is the record. Mark Matthews, 2018. Dane has 79 and three games to go. <laughs> He might do it in the first half of his next game. Yeah, I think he had nine apples in that game against Colorado in a losing effort. Um, So that was week 18, and week 19 is going to be more of the same here. Uh, Good luck with your picks this week. I really – I just don't know. How would you do last weekend? I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, Brad. Uh, Three and five – on the week, one of my sec my second sub five hundred week uh, was it's just tough, man. Just tough all around. I was I was four and five. I'm like I'm I'm happy with five hundred these last couple of weeks. Like yeah. that's if that that's my new bar now. If I can just be <laughs> five hundred to keep skirting by. Seriously, where are the it's, days of six for six and oh. seven for seven go? All right, uh, that was who we had the week that was. You know what comes up next, partner. Saddle up. We're heading for the Stampede Stables. Oh, that one was pretty. That's more like a a seahorse, but still, it's closer to an actual... Closer to an actual horse. We've arrived at the Stampede Tack and Western Wear stables. And if you're new to the podcast, you don't know what Stampede Tack and Western Wear is all about. Well, they're about Western Wear. Wrangler, Boulet, Ariat. They got all the brands there. Boots, jeans, hats, belts, shirts. It is a fantastic store. Get online and check it out. Shopping online is still shopping local. Stampede.ca. Or if you're out in the hood and you're just kind of cruising around on the weekend, slip into Cloverdale. They're a lovely little town. 
right on the corner of Highway 10 and 180th, and check out Stampede Tack and Western Wear. If you see Kevin in there, mention Lax Klaus. Telling you, the guy is a giver. You mention Lax Klaus when you walk into Stampede Tack, he's going to give you something. I probably shouldn't say that without asking him. But I just know Kevin, and he's that generous. So he loves sponsoring the podcast. We love having him. Support Stampede Tack and Western Wear as they sponsor our Stallions of the Week. Brad, you want to go first? Sure. The best name... I'm not going to drop the stat line on you. I'm just going to say the best name maybe in, in the National Lacrosse League right now. All-name team captain, first team all-star of the all-name team. Charlie Kitchen. Charlie Kitchen. So many puns, so many ways to describe it. Spicy his in the kitchen, and his cooking spicy in, the kitchen. in the kitchen, cooking in the kitchen. Someone online, I said, they said there should, there's a dad joke somewhere in there about him beating a fryer, right? Like there's a kitchen and <laughs> oh, a fryer. Yeah, you missed together. out. On that. I don't know. Yeah, there's 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 too much gold there. But um, no, the two two very beautiful goals. The first one, the swimming through a, a, a triple late in the shot clock, just kind of in desperation, trying to get something on net by his own account in his interview with Chantel Shan, but goes reverse backhand around the world while falling and bounces it top shelf far side on Friar against the Vancouver Warriors. That was a deflating goal. Like we mentioned it on the broadcast. It sucked the life Steve didn't out of the building. Move. It was like, like nobody expected that. And then everybody was like, what did we just see? Yeah. And then he had an, a, a pretty equally as impressive goal driving across the crease, jumping in the air, and then doing like a, a quick stick twister short side. Break out the port. Break out the port. Yeah, it no. Was pretty it's... cool. And we, we got to speak to – um we spoke to Glenn Clark this week just to sort of get some – to prep for the game. And, you know, he was really high on on Charlie Kitchen and him and, and, and Daryl Gibson as well. They both think that he's got such, such a high ceiling in the league. He's just got to get some one-on-one confidence because, you know, the guy's like 6'4", 235. And when he starts getting that one-on-one confidence, it's going to be a scary thing. But really showing some creativity. Apparently, he's a super cool guy off the floor, like plays guitar, real free spirit. Played some junior A lacrosse in the beach, and and the boys loved him. And carries a tattoo gun with him. <laughs> yes. I don't know if he brought it to Vancouver, uh, but if you want to, you want a Charlie Kitchen tattoo, he'll uh, he'll line you up. And he yeah. tattooed actually Glenn Clark's son. I don't know if uh, Papa was very happy about that, but <laughs> Charlie Kitchen is a uh, is a fun player to watch, and he had a great game against the Vancouver Warriors. He did, uh, and rookie man, I, Rob Williams had a great comparison, maybe a little before your time, Brad, but Peter Park. Compared him to Peter Park and Spider Man, yeah, Spider Man. Uh, he's very similar to kind of Ryan Smith. Maybe not the the raw dodging ability of Smith, but similar body types, right handers, big body, soft yeah, hands. I was I was thinking Digby. Yeah, that's good too. I don't mind that. Um, so Charlie Kitchen, your stallion. Mine. If I tell you this, you're gonna guess it right away. Uh, so I'm not gonna tell you that. But eight goals and one assist over the course of two games. Josh Byrne? No. Close. Left-hander. I was going to say Dan Dawson. Oh, Dan Craig. Dan Craig. The next one. The next one, according to Triple D. Former Ontario Junior Lacrosse MVP and having a breakout season there for Toronto when they really needed a lefty to step up and become the number one guy on that side. And clearly Dan Craig has done that for Toronto Put up a six-pack against San Diego. Had a couple against Georgia, too. 
he's up over 30 goals and just clicking along, man. And when Dan Dawson says something like that, I don't think he says it lightly. And by the way, Dan's still waiting to, to get that one more assist to break Tavares' record, did not play. And the record watch will have to wait. But he was the guy that said, Dan Craig's going to be your next superstar here in the National Lacrosse League. So he's on his way because now he's this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Charlie Kitchen, Dan Craig, welcome to the stable. You are this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Huge first quarter is done. We're on to quarter number two. And we're going to talk to the captain of the Toronto Rock. Challen Rogers next here on Lax Class. Hey, this is Mitch Jones of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to the Cross Class 5, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. As we move into quarter number two of EP 178, Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner, and Rycor Construction with us as well as they've been on board here for the last few months. I know I keep talking about this. I'm getting ready. I'm just uh, getting the, the financials in order here, but I, I think a call is going out to Rycor Construction for some renovations here at uh, my own place pretty soon. But if you want to get in touch with them, www.rycorconstruction.ca or you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook if you want to check out their work, which some just lay down a brand new concrete slab in somebody's backyard. They can do it all. Fences, decks, kitchens, bathrooms, you name it. Rycor Construction, they make it stand out. This guy stands out on the lacrosse turf uh, for what? Last, I think this is year six. For this guy, I don't know where the time has gone. Out of Stony Brook University, Coquitlam Junior Adnac, and the captain of the Toronto Rock, Chal and Rogers, back on the podcast. Chal, what's going on? Not a whole lot. Thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate Our it. pleasure, man. Always good to, to run you down. Uh, what are you doing? You're hanging around at the track right now? I know the big boss is catching a tan in Barbados, but uh, what are you doing around there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, just uh, working away here. We're kind of quiet right now at the track uh, for this week. Um, and then I think things start firing back up next week. I was going to say, it's pretty rare for it to be quiet around the track. There's always something going on. Uh, you can always get up there at, uh, into the gym with Holmesy. By the way, who who's squatting more, you or L-Train? Uh, I, I mean, I got It's close. Myself. Yeah, I would say it's close, but, um, you know, I got to give the edge to him. He's, he's just an absolute beast. Freak. Freak of nature. Jal, massive, massive weekend. You know, you come home with, with two victories, one at home, one on the road. Not a lot of teams have been able to, to brag about doing that this year. 2 no weekend sweep is pretty fantastic. But let's talk about the win against the Seals, a game that was had some edge to it mm. from opening face-off. Like, there's not a lot of history between Toronto and San Diego. Why... Why did this gauge game have so much edge? It's the Merrills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if there's much history with us playing playing them, um, but you know, there's there's a lot of history. Just kind of, uh, you know, obviously the Merrills and and their um, Billy you know, Greer, like Shooter, all of it. That the whole yeah. staff, really. You know, they, they were probably just fired up, fired up to get back in there. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Everyone's got close connections, so it's, it's definitely nice beating a, a high-quality team like uh, the Seals, for sure. And things can get a little squirrely when a game starts to kind of get out of hand in the fourth quarter there, and pride starts to show up, and testosterone starts to flow. Like, 
we've all kind of seen that and been a part of those those kind of games before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's nice to have guys like Brad and, and Billy on our team that, um, you know, you you love seeing those guys, uh, you know, drop the gloves and, and see what they can you do. You think about getting in there? I saw Frankie tried to, like, get his gear back on and get the back up. He wanted back on the turf. You, you ever think about getting mixed up in that sort of stuff or you just kind of want to stay away from that? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly – it's crossed my mind a few times. Um, I think – I mean, I guess my – last and only fight was against uh brad so brad I, I, you fought who brad Cree? yeah in minto in 2012 so you've never fought in the nll right in the national lacrosse league no fights in the nll yet no okay yet i like the yet you know in, it's all those guys like uh, toronto you, you you face a unique challenge because it's a home game for 70 percent of the league coming in there right and you got to experience the flip side of that with you and, and reinhold and adam jay coming to vancouver a couple weeks ago do you think that is like is that a unique challenge you guys face like you know teams are are going the extra had they have that extra gear when they're playing in toronto especially yeah i would definitely agree with that um like you said a lot of the a lot of the league come from um you know ontario and uh, for a lot of them, it's a home game when they come in in Toronto. So, um, you know, on a weekly basis when we have home games, uh, you know, I think we get um, our opponents best. Uh, they have the extra juice playing in front of family and friends and, and things like that. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely difficult at times, but, um, you know, we, we like facing um, other teams best. It, it makes us a whole lot better. Well, what's it like been there in the hammer, man? Like I saw a couple of, like it was tough at the beginning of the season because you guys got kind of shut down and no fans and had to play a couple of games with nobody there. But the last couple of games, like I saw a guy up on the glass and then into a tilt in the stands and it was packed in there on the weekend and nobody was, was leaving the building when, when shit broke out. So like, what's it been like playing in Hamilton opposed to, to there in downtown Toronto? It looks like that crowd has gotten behind Rock City here. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I think kind of maybe early on people were kind of skeptical about us moving to the hammer and, and uh, you know, what the crowd score would be like. Um, but, you know, I, I truly think we have the best fans in, in you know, the league. And um, they come out there and, and they make so much noise and, um obviously playing in front of no fans for that stretch of time and, and now having, you know, almost, uh, you know, the whole lower bowl packed for us. Um, it's, it's truly an honor to, to put on a performance in front of them. How much is the routine change for you players? Like, are you, are you going home every night on, on game night and versus wouldn't be doing that in Toronto? Um, not, not really. I mean, uh, we, we stay down in Hamilton sometimes, but, uh, you know, it, it is nice being kind of 10, 15 minutes away from, from the house and being, having the option to go back. But, uh, you know, we usually like to, to hang out in the ham, the hammer and, and mix it up with some fans. What's the go-to in the hammer? Like, what do you get, where do you guys go after games? I don't know if you want um, to tell all the fans or not, but like, what's the regular routine? Yeah. I mean, usually we just kind of head to anchor bar and, and kind of people go their separate ways after that. It's just, it's right in the kind of lobby of the hotel. So it just kind of makes sense for us and super easy, but um, yeah, kind of after that, just kind of go our separate ways. And the anchor bar is like famous for wings, right? That's uh, where it originated down in Buffalo, I believe. And, and yep. they're pretty famous for the way. What do you, what do you like playing better, Jalen? Offense or defense? You know, I've been asked that question quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I have to say I probably 
probably like playing defense a little bit better. I mean, it's just kind of something that I've, uh, you know, obviously played uh, a lot of since junior and, and, um, you know, it, it, it is nice playing offense, you know, it's, uh, it's challenging, which always makes things great. Um, you know, pushes you to be better and, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, I guess I like the transition rule and kind of mix it, mix up both. Well, you, yeah. You got the best of both worlds. You get to do it on a consistent basis. <laughs> yeah, play tranny and power play. Like you just, how did, it. how did the offense come about for you in the NLL? Was it like injuries and a number thing? Or when did you first start getting reps as a pure O guy in the national lacrosse league? Um, yeah, I think kind of more so this year, uh, I guess a few times the last time we played kind of pre COVID, but, um, yeah, just, guys with uh injuries and, and having covid kind of put me in there kind of on a routine um basis i guess and uh it's it's been it's been awesome it's been uh it's interesting at times but um it's it makes it th- makes things a lot easier when you have guys like you know tom and and robbie and Doss obviously teaching you and, and helping you out in, in certain ways and then obviously look at the left side and you know, you give them the ball, they, they've been sniping. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. Danny Craig's on another level right now. And you just mentioned Dan Dawson, who obviously set the record for all time skeins played and has been battling a, a little bit of an injury and everybody kind of waiting for that next assist. But I, I want to go in a bit of a different direction. Like you being the captain for the last few years of Toronto now, and Dan widely regarded as maybe the greatest leader in our sport, that it's seen how has that been i know dan's such a good guy but is it ever a little bit daunting to you being the captain of a guy like dan dawson yeah uh you know to be honest kind of when we first signed him i remember talking to reed reinhold and was like how do you how do you captain a guy like dan he's done it all he's won championships he's obviously you know arguably the greatest of all time um but like you said dan's just the absolute man he he doesn't have an ego. He just wants you to be at your best. And, um, you know, he pushes me to be at my best on a regular basis. And um, just to have a guy like that, an uh, unbelievable role model and, and a guy that you can look up to and, and a guy that you can trust and, um, you know, believe in to, you know, have those difficult talks. And, um, you know, a guy that can just kind of help you uh, navigate you're at the track right now, probably your, your home away from home, right down the street from where you live anyways. But how much do you attribute your success to pretty much being a, a full timer over the last few years that you can just, you can train every day and have a stick in your hand and, and have a facility like that at your disposal every single day? Yeah, honestly, I contribute it all to that. Um, you know, being able to, to have my stick in my hands on a consistent basis and, and having the gym here. Um, and obviously floor time really whenever I want it, it's, it's, uh, it's a unique, um, situation I'm in, but, uh, you know, I, I love being a part of the track athletics and, um, having the opportunity to obviously, uh, you know, get better myself on a regular basis. Here with Chell and Rogers. I got to ask you this, Chell, of course, the PLL coming out with, uh, new stipulations in their contracts that no Canadian summer lacrosse for guys playing in the PLL. I'm not exactly sure where your status is at, or even is it chaos you're with? Yep. Yep. And, and do you, do you know which way you're leaning here? Is it Oakville rock? Is it, is it club chaos? What, what are you thinking here for the summer? Yeah, I, I obviously kind of not being able to play in the PLL, uh, last summer, just cause I couldn't, couldn't live down in the States. Um, 
I am planning on playing in the PLL this summer and, and, uh, you know, seeing how that all unfolds. Um, super excited to obviously kind of start playing field lacrosse again. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting time. It's going to be, it's going to be funny to be honest with you kind of joining the chaos and, um, you know, bunch of bandits, of man. You're going to be with a bunch of bandits. They don't look like they have any fun. What a boring yeah. looking lacrosse team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a great experience and, you know, I'm just excited to, uh, put on the jersey and uh, compete tell us about the rock pile like who who's there right now and i want to know like is there are there lacrosse nets on on the property on the grounds you guys have a, <laughs> like a box in the backyard or but hang on chow are you actually at the rock pile now or are you with your girl and got out of that gong show uh no still there okay for, for a few more months here all right and then uh, then i'll be exiting but um yeah it's at the house right now it's uh Darren Forster, Zach Nance, um, uh, Jameson Dilks, Adam J, Nick Rose, myself, and uh, Latrell. And then, uh, yeah, when Reed when Reed uh, flies in for practice and stays, he's he has a room too. <laughs> Papa Rose. Is there any extra like if I wanted to, you know, slide in for a weekend? Is there another room that that old Jumbo could crash down in if he needed to? I'm sure we could absolutely find you one. <laughs> Um, do you have nets on? Do you have nets yeah, on the yeah. ground, though? Yeah, yeah, we do. We've got a few. Um, kind of early COVID there. Uh, we were kind of fortunate, I guess, when you have six, seven roommates. You kind of, it's kind of daily routine for you. And and Rosie would strap on the pads, so we have nice. nets. We have nets. So you got, you got, up. you got more than nets there. You got like a tennis court, basketball court. What else is going on there? Pool. Yeah, we we got, um we have a pool that was has worked once uh, <laughs> a lot of people get mad at us for not getting it open but it's just an absolute debacle it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of work pools they're a lot of work i don't think people really realize that yeah and uh actually i guess a few years ago when bergie was living at the house uh in the summer for oakville he was our pool guy <laughs> he would be in there every single day mixing it off in there skimming the water he, yeah i could see it i could see it uh not not the easiest of schedules coming down the stretch here. You got Rochester, Halifax, and then a little rematch with those Buffalo Bandits we were talking about to end off the season. And I, I'm starting to get a, a championship vibe from this Toronto team that got out of the gates a little bit slow, but have slowly been get, gaining steam right from Nick Rose throughout the lineup here. And, you know, I, I think last week maybe your most impressive win without those guys in the lineup, like you're mentioning, and, and Robbie and, and Dan, is a championship or bust for this team here, Challen? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, this is a team obviously with the richest history in the NLL, and um, you know, we we know we probably won't obviously kind of have the dynasty that they had, but we're, we're striving to, to create our own history. And, um, you know, we believe that we're a championship caliber team and a team that can win the NLL championship. And, um, like you said, with our schedule, it'll, it'll be nice kind of obviously mixing it up with Rochester team. Who's kind of finding their legs here, a young team that wants something to prove. And, and then obviously Halifax and Buffalo, two teams that are heading to the playoffs and, and teams that we're going to face in the playoffs. So, um, it, it'll be a nice little stretch here, but, but yeah, we're, we're believing in us being a championship team. If the playoffs started today, you guys would get Halifax, but you get to host at home in Toronto, which 
the nest is a tough place to get into. How much are you guys thinking about locking up that, that home floor advantage? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely on our minds. We want to, we want to have a home floor advantage, um, for our playoff game and, and give our fans, uh, an opportunity to see playoff lacrosse and, and hopefully successful playoff lacrosse for us. And, um, yeah, having home floor advantage would be, would be great. Black and gold or red and blue? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good question. Yes. I think we have one more jersey coming out before the end of the oh, year. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Say that again. I missed that. I was too excited. One, one more jersey coming out. Oh. What's the, you know, is it a theme night or what, what, uh, what can you tease about it? Yeah, it's our uh, indigenous night. Um, and the jerseys, they were, uh, we were supposed to wear them pre-COVID and uh, we finally get, get an opportunity to wear them. They're, they're definitely different from styles that we've had in the past, but they're, they're really cool. And I'm, I'm excited to, to wear them. Yeah. I look forward to that. Brady, good. One more for me. I just want to know if you're still eating your fries frozen, John. <laughs> I, I love my about frozen that. fries. <laughs> um, but, you know, I haven't, I haven't mixed them in lately. Uh, it's usually just back in the day, I guess, when I was younger, it'd be kind of a routine. I'd have them all the time. But now that I've gotten a little bit older, they're just kind of snacks for me here and there. All right. We haven't seen any Beyonce dance videos lately either. So I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, we actually. Uh, our uh, girls program, um, our girls rock stars program went down to Arizona and uh, I forget where we were. We were playing somewhere, but got a video of uh, all the, all the girls trying to imitate my dance. Oh, lovely. Pretty <laughs> funny. Good, so good stuff. Hey, yeah. Ciao. I'll let you get back to it, man. Uh, say hi to the big boss when he gets back from his uh, little vacation there. Say hi to D Raj and grandma for me as well. And uh, best of luck with the Toronto rock the rest of the way, man. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. There you go. Captain of the Toronto rock. Uh, good Coquitlam, but a lot of Coquitlam on the program this, uh, this week, Brad, I don't mind it with Delbs and Challen here, uh, but man, number two overall pick, not a mistake made there by Jamie Dowick drafting Challen Rogers six years ago. No, and I can't believe six years has gone by Crazy. so fast. Now, you mentioned the Adnacks. I'm, I'm pandering a little bit because I dusted off my old junior Adnack. Let's keep that. Just all the time. Yeah, I, I stole this after the 2010 Minto Cup, and uh, I thought I'd keep it as a little souvenir. I know, like, I think back on the junior teams that Challen was on with with Messenger and how those guys never closed out a Minto Cup is is beyond me. And I think it's something that probably still haunts those guys. But yeah, one of the one of the nicest dudes in the league and one of the best players in the league. Happy to chat with him again. Yeah. Becoming a face of the league, no doubt about it. Uh, Chellen Rogers is done. We got to move to halftime. And the phenom, Christian Del Bianco, is coming up in quarter three. Keep it right here on EP 178 of Lax Class on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is Ian McKay from the Buffalo Bandits. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into half number two on EP 178. Uh, full disclosure here, we're recording this episode on Sunday night without the services of one Brad Challoner, who, by the way, sends his regards to our next guest, who is a two-time Minto Cup champion, an NLL champion to go along with it, and one of the best goaltenders in the National Lacrosse League, 
Christian Del Bianco. Del Bianco back on the podcast. Christian, what's going on, man? Thanks for doing this. No, not too much. Thanks for having me. Uh, you didn't get my little reference there to your name. I, I, did. I, I heard I heard you on uh, the Matrix there saying uh, I was trying to start a feud with Ted Jenner about it, but uh, I'm glad we we got that cleared yeah. the other night. Um, Sunday night, man, and and a good weekend for your Roughnecks big OT game there over Vancouver, and you were a big part of that. But right now you're you're kicking back and and watching some film. Um, are you watching film from that game? Yeah, actually, I was just uh, watching back that game a bit, and then uh, kind of later on in the week, I'll move on to some Halifax and some uh, Panther City stuff. Yeah, big doubleheader weekend coming up for you guys. Uh, what what sort of things do you watch when you're watching film as a goaltender? Like shooters' tendencies or motion offense? or like What specific things are you trying to break down when you're watching film? I think when I'm when I'm watching myself, half the time I'm just kind of laughing at myself and seeing dumb things that I I do that you kind of know you shouldn't do. Like right? what? You like what? Give me give me I some examples. Prime example: If you watch the the second quarter versus Van, I think there's two goals where I kind of I teeter totter over my one leg and buckle myself on fakes. So right. yeah. I think those ones I kind of chuckled on a bit, but just kind of little stuff you pick up when maybe you're dropping a little too much, this that or the other. So. Other than that, you just kind of try to watch what makes other teams successful. I don't think I really look too much at where guys shoot, but just kind of what they're doing, what guys are having success, and, and kind of what you might need to expect out there. What about stuff like, you know, when a team's on a power play and they run set plays or out of TV timeouts? Are you watching that kind of stuff to see where the ball is ending up for, for the opportunity? I mean, I, I watch it a bit, but to be honest with you, most of that stuff is uh, pretty laid out by mouse. So. You kind of just make sure you fully read your scout. Otherwise, you know, he's going to kind of be on you and making fun of you if you don't see it coming. What's it like uh, with no Sato and having a new D coach back there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, Sato, you know what? I, I do talk to him kind of a couple times a week as much as I can. We obviously have a good relationship, and I kind of got to talk to him a bit about his ALL team and that kind of venture slash thing he was doing this year, so... I mean, we miss him, but we're, we're obviously kind of, we cheer him on in that, and he's still involved with our team at some capacity, and all the guys have a ton of respect for him, and Brian Beasel has obviously kind of stepped up here, and he's kind of fit right in, right? He's a, he's a guy that a lot of people like to play for, and kind of a calm presence for us, so. I, it's funny you say that, because... I look at Beasel at the start of the game, and he's and he's put together and 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 looking pretty calm and cool, collected. By but the end of the thing, half his shirt is like untucked from his pants. The tie's been loosened up. Like he, he gets into the to the ball game when he's coaching. Yeah, I mean, I think some of our D guys will do that to you. I kind of we're we're a pretty fiery group, right? And some guys get kind of a little bit of emotion slash a little little get going during games. So. I think Bees is pretty good at uh, toning us down a bit when we need and obviously pumping us up when we need a little bit of a, a kick in the behind. Who are who are some of the guys that may need to, to calm down a little bit on that Calgary bench? Because they all seem like they're pretty young guys for the most part back there. But who's the, who's like the snapper on, on the DN that, that you got to rein in uh, sometimes? I don't know if we, he's, he's much of a snapper, but uh, Zach Courier plays a lot of lacrosse out there, so... Sometimes you're kind of just checking in on him to see where he's at and kind of 
what he's doing because there, there's a lot of times where it seems like he's playing five minutes at a time out there. So well, I maybe- think they all kind of get some entertaining with him. And then the rest of the guys, it's kind of they share the load. It's always kind of someone newer, just that or the other. Since he brought him up, maybe we should talk about uh, El Presidente a little bit, man. Like this guy's on another planet right now with, with the way he is playing the game of box lacrosse. I, he He's on record pace here. And when it comes down to it, like he is in the conversation for the best lacrosse player in the world right now. Is he not? Yeah. I mean, I think he has been in that conversation too, right? Is kind of the thing with Zach, I think when it just comes to an, an all around lacrosse player, right? You think of guys like Lyle, Challen, Graham Hossick, right? So I think he's just unbelievable. He has this cardio. Obviously, you see the loose ball stuff. And I think this year, more so, there's been a lot of situations where we've asked him to play some big defensive minutes, right? A lot of PK, a lot of last-minute defense. And he's kind of stepped up into that role while still doing all the other stuff he does, right? He's taking draws in games that Bertsy isn't there. And he's kind of getting his head taken off, slash taking all this abuse. And he just keeps going, keeps going like a rock and sock and robot, right? So I think, yeah, he might be the best player in the world right now. But, I mean, I'll kind of let a lot of other people stir that debate. For, for the meantime, we're just grateful that we have him on our roster. Yeah, pride of Peterborough, man. I always like Lyle so gifted offensively, but I've watched him play defense and take face-offs as well. And I think, like, if you put Lyle out the back door in a transition role, he might have some some company there. As we speak with Christian Del Bianco, let's wind it back here. You mentioned the ALL and, and Sato, but our buddy, your really good buddy, and Gordy Bowden gets the call to Colorado with, with uh, Carlson going down. And I know you couldn't be happier for, for Gordy, and neither could I. He... Tell me about this guy, like, because you know I'm on a real personal level, man, but he is just the ultimate teammate and has worked his butt off. Outdoor sessions at the box, XOL, ALL, wherever he can take shots, that is what he has been doing over the last few years, and all that hard work has finally paid off as uh, Patty Coyle makes the call when they need a goaltender, they go for Gordy Bowden. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome, right? Gordy had kind of sent me a text a little bit before it was official. And I kind of sent off a note to Pat just saying how awesome it was. And, you know, it's just well-deserved, right? He's one of those guys that he'll, he'll be there. He'll go through a practice in junior, especially where maybe I was taking a ton of reps. And he'll stay an extra 30, 40 minutes as long as guys are shooting. Gordy's there taking shots, right? So he's just an unbelievable teammate, a great friend of mine. And I think kind of the one thing that I, I do kind of admire about him slash was kind of a benefit I had from getting to play with him and grow up with him is just kind of, it's like the ultimate accountability, right? Like you see a guy like that doing all of that and you almost want to try to like one up them slash kind of, you have that, that subtle competition. That's not really a competition to see who can take more reps. And that's Gordy's definitely a guy who's going to push you in that category. Right. So it's awesome an opportunity for him. And obviously it's just great to see, years and years of kind of him putting in the sweat equity paying off. And now they got more, Coquitlam than they do Orangeville there in Colorado, which is never a bad thing, right? Yeah, you know the Orangeville guys, though, they'll just say center of the universe. They're, <laughs> they're the factory, so we'll, we'll leave that title with them. I know they get a little upset if anybody mentions otherwise. Well, what I mean, that kind of brings me to another conversation here, Christian. A lot of, a lot of the talk has been with the expansion and where this league wants to go and get to is, is the goaltending depth and the talent pool that's available, and 
I think we've seen a little bit of it happening over the last couple of years, but even more so this year with Getty stepping in and O'Ray getting a win and, you know, Watson seeing time and like new starters around the National Lacrosse League getting a lot of minutes here. How deep do you think the pool is? Are we are we getting to the deep end here or do we still have a ways to go and, and lots of good young talent coming up? You know, I think the big thing that, that, that my personal opinion is, is it doesn't happen overnight, right? I think a lot of people kind of just expect guys to step in and, you know, like it, it's one thing to steal a game here and there, but if you're expecting guy to step in in day one, day two, and you're upset that he's not having that success right away, like sometimes it takes a couple games to get things going, right? You uh, struggled a little I, bit early, Delps. Did you not? Yeah, you know what? Uh I kind of, I found my biggest thing for the first couple games was just kind of the shock and off factor, right? I think mentally you kind of, you think it yourself, do I belong here or am I ready? So I think a lot of guys, like even like a guy who I think is playing great lacrosse right now, who might've struggled in the first couple games of the year is Steven Orlman, mm-hmm. right? And you see when guys really get to kind of get some minutes in and kind of play into their role, build a little bit of confidence and you start seeing it pan out, right? So I think moving forward as teams expand and more and more young guys are getting shots. My kind of biggest words of encouragement slash suggestion would be to let guys kind of play some things out and kind of work through the struggles rather than maybe you pull them quick and all of a sudden they're in their own head. Yeah. I think Nick David's another guy you could probably put in that category too. That has just kind of played through it, right? Yeah. That's in San Diego last year, playing some big minutes for them and, Obviously, that Panther City team's playing some pretty good lacrosse right now. I'm pouring it on, and he's a big part of it. Yeah. We can go in a bunch of different directions here, but I, you know, obviously, you've been in some pretty pressure packed moments. And I just think back to the overtime, and, and you never faced a shot in overtime, but you've been in Minto Cup finals. You've, well, hell, you've been in overtime in the NLL finals. As a goaltender, and, and I kind of saw you talking about it after, like, how do you personally? deal with the pressure i know you said you get more anxious before the game and once it kind of starts rolling but it's kind of got to be in the back of your head that next shot wins championship on the line how do you stay calm and focused in those situations yeah you know what i don't like like you said i at that point it's kind of more fun for me i think kind of i kind of get in this a bit of like a a light and joking mood almost about it because I've been in it enough and you kind of, you realize what you control is what you control. Right. So I think rather than stressing yourself out, you just focus on the shot at hand and kind of you're playing the game you love. Right. So you might as well do it to the best of your ability and not stress yourself out. So I think a little bit of that's experience, but I think it's also a a lot of years of kind of thinking about the mental side of the game. Also, what's it like playing on that 95 shell turf you got there in Calgary? Ah, uh, you know, I, I kind of like to crack the joke at some guys saying it's Queens Park. A couple, <laughs> couple of the way goalies I know aren't, aren't the craziest about it immediately, but I think it doesn't really affect the game, right? Obviously, it's kind of, it's it's a huge sponsorship deal. It's it's kind of a great thing for our league moving forward. I think it's just different and nobody is used to different. And it's kind of like they want to, they want to talk about something because it's different. Yeah. I mean, you know what? People will complain no matter what you do, right? You can make seven out of ten people happy. The the other couple are going to be complaining about something. So, I mean, obviously, it's it, it's a huge deal for us, right? WestJet has been great for us with flights this year. So, me personally, I don't think it's any reason why I've struggled or succeeded this year has been 
a teal or a green turf. So right? Roughnecks got uh, like ultra platinum first class on every flight now, or is that how that's working? Uh, it's not quite that luxury, but they definitely take care of us. Okay. Pretty good good airline to be with for yeah, sure sacrifice the turf for a little upgrade no doubt about it as we speak with christian del bianco what's with calgary and slow starts i, I mean uh, as a whole not not games i'm talking seasons here yeah you know i i wish i could tell you i think if uh we had that answer we obviously probably wouldn't do it as much i mean i think if if we want to play the excuse game we could say because there's some big changes in the off season obviously and and the whole COVID thing, but I think every team deals with that, right? So we dug ourselves in a bit of a hole, and kind of the only way to get out of that hole is a little bit of blue-collar work and grinding out some games here at the end of the season. I guess better slow starts than slow finishes, right? Yeah. I, I mean, we don't really have much choice but to say, yes, that's a better better option. couple of new pieces up on the offensive end, and I'm not – necessarily new new but Zach Haywires looks like he's taken a step forward in his game both you know performance wise and and physical wise I would have to say Hayden Dixon looks like he is turning into a man now and Tanner Cook uh solid rookie campaign a lot of new faces up there but you guys are starting to kind of come together in jail now yeah I mean I, there's a lot of these young guys right I think Hayden Dixon is one guy where you just look at the talent level. I kind of, I jokingly said on that one crease dive he had last game where the ref didn't initially count it, and then we threw the challenge flag. Yeah, I yeah. Just, I'm still through. wondering about that one, Christian. I got to be honest with you. I was a little surprised to see that turned over. I thought it was going to be one of those ones, whatever the call was, there wasn't enough to change it back. So, all right. yeah. that personal opinion, of course, but carry on. Anyways, I was I was just on the bench after I saw the first replay, and I was joking around with the guys, just saying that you can't teach that, right? Just some of the things that that Hayden Dixon does out there on the lacrosse floor. He's got wild the, skill, hey. Like I don't yeah, think some, people have really other, seen it quite yet what he possesses. Yeah, some of the other goalies kind of every once in a while will send me a note or kind of crack a joke about it, kind of like who is that kid or how is he doing that, right? So I think he's kind of got one of those one of those sticks slash he's just this big physical body that goes to the net hard. And then obviously we have two other young guys in cookie and waters that, uh, they're, they're kind of gritty. old guys. They're obviously a big presence out there that they, they don't mind to crash and bang. And then seeing wires kind of step up into a bigger role has been kind of nice. Cause obviously he's been a guy who's kind of been around the league a bit and some people might have a different opinion on him than we do, but we, we love him in the dressing room. We love the grit he brings and, Obviously, kind of, he's in a little bit better shape this year, and it, it's kind of great to see him putting in some work and getting the results, getting the minutes, and, and it kind of all making sense for him. Speaking of goalies, you see uh, Hutch and, and O'Reg and Frankie there in Toronto on Saturday night. Almost, he's uh, like Frankie was added. Have you seen this yet? Yeah, I, I saw it. I was watching it, and I, I kind of I talked to Skiggs about it quickly. I cracked some jokes about it. But. He wanted to put the gear back on just so he could try and get back on the floor. I was dying. Yeah, you know what? If there's two goalies I probably don't want to fight in the league, it would be Skiggs because of he's a big guy, and uh, when he gets fired up, he's pretty fired up. And then I'd probably say Ralphie because I don't want to get beat up by a guy who's probably 50 <laughs> pounds lighter than me. <laughs> Have you uh, have you ever been in a in a goalie scrap before? 
No, no, I'm just a likable guy, Jake. No, I know, but you know, sometimes things happen. Sometimes things happen. No, I've I've never got the 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 pleasure of being in a goalie fight, and I would probably have to really dislike the guy. I think he probably have a better chance of me fighting a player before I fight another goalie. Last thing on the goalies, uh, your former backup, but you're kind of your former. I don't know if idol's the right word, but T. Rich, um, now your goalie coach. But he was kind of your goalie coach before he was your goalie coach, was he not? Yeah, you know what? He kind of, as a backup, he was kind of in that role too. And I think it's been really great to see him kind of, he's kind of stepped up and been a bit of a a defensive assistant and also, right, and kind of starting to learn our defense and help some of our young D guys as we do have a couple of them out there. So he's a great guy. He's a great teammate, great person. So it's nice to see him kind of blossom into a bigger coaching role here and kind of, obviously still finding ways to contribute to the organization. So I'm grateful to have him as a friend and definitely grateful to have him as a coach. A couple more minutes here with Christian Del Bianco. Uh, like you mentioned off the top, big weekend coming up here for Calgary. What I know the expectation is to win every game when, when you're a roughneck and, and an NLL or you want to win every single game, but what do you, what do you think it's going to take um, not only this weekend, but you know, the rest of the way to make the playoffs. I think, I think I've touched on it multiple times, right? And it's just not getting ahead of yourself, right? I think it's really easy to think about the playoffs and then drop a couple games, right? Like, we're not, we're not in a position to be thinking out of the playoffs. The only teams that should be thinking about the playoffs are Toronto and Buffalo, I think, are the only two teams of, who have yeah. clinched. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think the rest of us just have to worry about the games at hand and our next game's Halifax, right? We try our best to deal with that game. And then from there, we worry about Panther City, right? So, I mean, there's some some aspects where you're chopping up film for both teams and thinking about it throughout the week. But I think come Friday, right, we won't be thinking about Panther City. We'll be thinking solely about our game against the Halifax Thunderbirds. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I got to sit here until April 16th thinking about you coming to Vancouver and taking on the Warriors for throwback night at Rogers Arena. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a massive game regardless of where everybody sits after next weekend. Uh, Thanks for doing this, Christian. Always a pleasure to catch up with you and, and talk a little lacrosse. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's always a treat. There he is the phenom Christian Del Bianco. We're going to take a quick break. We got one more quarter to go. Fourth quarter action is next. Who you got? Lax class locks. And that guy, Evan Schemenauer, is back as well. Stick around. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever growing fleet of equipment. Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Logan Truss. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and Boxer Browse. And now it's time for another round of Who You Got? Back on Lax Class, fourth quarter action, which means no more breaks. Thanks for hanging with us. Jake Elliott, Brad Challenger with you and Associated Labels and Packaging with us as well as they have been since day one. They focus on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family owned. I think the family is actually in Hawaii right now on Kauai, which I'm super jealous about, but they're still pumping out labels and packaging down there at the big compound associatedlp.com brand new technology 
huge catalog. You got a business that needs a label or a package. Associated labels and packaging is your place to be. Before we get to Evan here, I want to let you know to give us a follow on social media at Lax Class, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Shemlax, at Bradshell, at PXP for sports, or we have a Facebook page as well. And if you have none of those things, you can always reach us via email at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Five star reviews only. Now it's time for Evan Sheminauer. This is how we do Sing it, please. Here we go. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Uh, Evan are back on. We should have. I should have played the other one. His bigger hit. Uh, Evan, what's going on, man? Welcome back to Lax Class and a uh, little, little change there in Toontown. Where you come out on this coaching change from Derek Keenan? Necessary. I mean, the the, the offense was dead. Um, that's they pretty strong. This strong. That's strong. Evan. They're dead. They're dead. Like they weren't doing much of anything out there, and they needed a spark. I, I, but I'm not set on Jimmy Quinlan as the future head coach of this team either. So that's really where I'm conflicted. It's I would have loved to see Bubba go back to an assistant coach's role. Maybe that wasn't on the table. I don't know, but you got to do something. You got four games. If you win all four, maybe get in, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll I see what happens. Well, I, I suggested that, are... Bra- Evan. I suggested that probably like a month and a half ago. Quinlan mm-hmm. and Bubs just switch spots to leave him as the head coach if you want to do that, but get him back where he's most effective running the offense. Well, I'll tell you who I would love to have seen as the head coach, and that is Brider. Mm-hmm. I think Brider someday soon is going to be a head coach in this league. <laughs> That's interesting. I could I, not. I, I can't wonder. picture Andrew McBride as the head coach of Saskatchewan. I cannot imagine that. He's close. He lives close by. Uh, still, you know that's the that's thing, a right? hard image to put in my brain. Yeah, you know what though? We got there's a new there's an expansion team coming to the league next year. So there's three more prominent bench jobs that are going to be taken up. Like there there's going to be there's going to be some new blood. I think behind benches in the National Lacrosse League and. I'm all here for it. And if it is going to be Jimmy's team next year, he's going to get a chance to hire his own offensive coordinator and possibly a D, a D guy if he wants to as well. So curious to see who runs in the Jimmy Quinlan circles that he can mm-hmm. tap into and, and bring to Saskatchewan. And what if it's a world where it is McComb and he goes, you know what? It was really the best case scenario. And let's go back and, and give that a try. I, who knows? Crazier yeah. things. I think when John Lance Hanks are up too, he's going to be coaching in this league before. Two yeah, years. and boy, if those two are former teammates, that could be a throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. All right, yeah, boys. What Evan? You want? And he lives. And he lives close by. There you go. All right, time for who you got. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Blundstones, cowboy boots, motorcycle boots, all the boots you could ever imagine. I told you about this before. They have like a 150-foot wall with like six, seven different levels on it. It takes you five minutes to get to one end to the other. All boots. Men's boots, ladies' boots, kids' boots. 
Horse boots. I don't even know anymore, but Stampede Tack and Western Wear is where you want to go if you need a pair of boots. Stampede.ca, shopping online, still shopping local. Do it. Who you got? Uh, let's get into this here. Winner of this week's Who You Got. I know this guy's pretty happy because his wife won earlier this season, and he was worried about never hearing the end of it. He goes 7 for 8, 31 points. And now is the overall leader with 359, Renee Rutlinger. Congratulations, you are this week's winner of Stampede Tech. Who you got? Johnny Harnett, the Hurricane, slides into second with 356. Dan Chetner, a.k.a. Jean-Luc's father. And Ian Walsh, both winners this season as well. In third with 353. Now, our little battle here, guys. Evan made sure he got this in. <laughs> 24th, Evan with 338. I'm in 34th with 326. Challenger, you are way down the list in 43rd. What happened? Yeah. Three, you what were happened? like, yeah. you got yeah. high on your stampede horse and, and then uh, started talking shit and now look at you. I got way too cocky. I know. Uh, uh, and, and should we just reveal what your pick was tonight? <laughs> Did you take the reptide tonight? Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, I took the, I took the tide. So I went. Yeah, I went four and five. Not only you take the riptide, he took them huge. Wow, that's tough. <laughs> but you did hit your parlay, so there is that. But uh, so one victory a week. So Chowder, you're you're hosting. Well, you did the best this week, though, right? Is that right, Evan? Yeah, of the yes, three of did. us, I ended up doing the best. Well, so that's I'll, pretty I'll take pathetic. The but anyways, you can host this. You get to host this week. I'll take the reins this week. Okay, well, starting things off, Friday night, TSN Game of the Week, back in Calgary for two weeks in a row. Calgary got two home games this weekend, which will be fun for the Calgary Roughnecks and the Roughnecks faithful there at the Rough House. But the Calgary Roughnecks will first host the Halifax Thunderbirds Friday night, 6 o'clock West Coast, Roughnecks and the T-Birds. We talked, Evan, earlier that the West has had a tough time against East this year, but at the same time, Halifax sometimes has a tough time away from the nest. They're on the road in Calgary. Evan Schemenauer, who you got? As much as Halifax has got the better record here, it's what have you done lately? And Halifax is not impressed. You know, four losses followed up with a, a tough win to get past Rochester. Give me the Calgary Roughnecks for a four. Jake Elliott, who you got with two T's? Yes, thank you. I cannot pick the Calgary Roughnecks. I just can't. I At this juncture of the season, where the standings are, I just can't, I cannot walk out on that limb and take the Calgary or the Calgary Roughnecks. Yeah. Uh, so I'm taking Halifax for a five here. By the way, somebody made a comment on Facebook about you calling the Roughnecks the Ruffies, which I swear I've heard other people say, but that's also the nickname for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I don't think Calgary fans were particularly happy about it. I've yeah. never heard them called that before, but okay. I know. I, I probably dropped it all over the broadcast. I call them the Ruffies all the time. Yeah, I thought so. Maybe it's just you, but you might want to stop that if, if you want to make well, it out I'll, of Calgary. I'll, I'll, ask, I'll, ask around on, I'll ask around on Friday. Is this, uh, is this acceptable? Yeah. Halifax for a five. Calgary Roughnecks with a five for me. Um, again, they, they're going to buck the trend of the East and West. Halifax has struggled. Lately, and the Ruffies <laughs> going to come out on top 
at home and keep fighting for their their playoff lives here. Friday night, another Friday night. This one's 7 o'clock West Coast. The 7-8 and eight Philadelphia Wings, another East-West matchup. They go all the way to Pachanga Arena in San Diego. The Seals have lost two in a row and are 9-4. and four. Evan Sheminauer, who you got? Well, let's stick with the simple staff. Philly has not won a game against a team over 500. They're flying three time zones over San Diego Seals for a six. As banged up as San- well, sorry, go ahead, Brad. Nope. No, no, I don't need it. No, no, don't, I, don't no, need to. No, I, I want it. Can, I need it. You want it. me to say, you I, need me to say, Jake Elliott, who you got? Yes, I do. It's part of the bit. San Diego Seals need to get back in the win column here. And like Evan mentioned, I just think they're a better team than Philadelphia. Six for the Seals. San Diego Seals, six. Seals with a four for me. Um, That's yeah, it. Brett, Brett Hickey going against Brett Hickey <laughs> going against his former team. What more needs to be? What more needs to be said? They're, they've lost two in a row. They're looking to bounce back again. The Philly 500 thing is such a wacky stat this year. We've talked about it on the podcast every single week. Much to probably everybody in Philadelphia's chagrin, but I see the Seals taking this one too. Uh, let's kick things over to Saturday, four o'clock West Coast. A ten and five Toronto Rock. Travel down to the Rochester Nighthawks, who are three and eleven. Evan, who you got? Hey, hang on a second. I like flip flop here because Evan's just going to take all my ammunition. You got to go back and forth here on this. Oh, he's, he's getting my Evan go okay. first he, he, every he, time. He's trying to teach me how to host. It's well, been a while since I won I, a week. I am. Though. I'm trying to help. Cut you me, here. cut me a break here. All right. Okay, Toronto Rock ten and five at Rochester three and eleven. Everyone's punching bag right now. Jake Elliott, who you got? Toronto Rock for an eight. That's all I got. Evan. So you, you wanted to go first to say that. <laughs> just really? just so I could say Elaborate. that. Elaborate. No, you know what? Well, Toronto, 10-5 and five against 3-11. and 11. That's it. Eight for Toronto Rocks. My highest ranked game. See, I can't wait to see the odds on the cool bet odds on this oh, game. God. This, could be, this, could be a, this could be a plus 500 on Rochester, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, it's, it's my eight game to Toronto Rock. It's my eight game too. I'm not going to elaborate on myself. Saturday, seven thirty. Dirty. That's I'm going to elaborate on myself. I'm going to elaborate on myself. <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. Saturday, four thirty. West Coast. This is another sloppy record one. Uh, Buffalo Bandits, thirteen and two, will host the New York Riptide, four and nine. Both teams coming off losses to the Mammoth this yeah. past weekend. Good, good. Ev- Evan, who you got? The only problem really here is taking a look at that New York Riptide offense ever since they made that trade at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Things have just gone sideways with that offense. They're going to need to put up 17 like they did last time to even have a shot. It's simple here. Buffalo for a seven. Jake Elliott. I think the bandits elaborate all over the Riptide in this one. Give me the bandits for a seven. Oh, I got the bandits of the seven as well. Saturday, six, uh, yeah, six o'clock West Coast. This one is is an mm. ooh game for yeah. me this weekend. The Colorado Mammoth eight and six will host the San Diego Seals nine and four. Seals two and zero oh against the Colorado Mammoth this season. Evan, who you got? Supposed to be my turn, Brad, but go ahead, Evan. <laughs> go ahead. Well, uh, I, I will give you absolutely every bit of thunder here because. I flipped the coin pre-broadcast. Oh, you can't do that either. You can't flip it pre-broadcast. That's offside. (laughs) Reflip. Seals for a root. A single. That's your one game? That's my one. 
I'm going to flip the coin on this one, too, because I really don't know. Heads for home team. And it is heads. Colorado, but I'm putting a four beside it. I'm taking the mammoth with the three. They looked really good. San Diego's second half of a back-to-back. Might be tough for them to go into Mile High City. And I know this Colorado's chasing first place now. And they've got it in their sight lines. If San Diego loses a couple this weekend and Colorado wins, anything can really happen right now. So I see the Mammoth taking this one at home. It's my three game. Uh, same start time Saturday at Calgary Roughnecks again. Second half of a back-to-back. This time, Panther City rolls in at Calgary. They're 2-0 and against the Ruffies. Evan Sheminar, who you got? And the difference being here is no travel, <laughs> you know, other than a little bit of a recovery factor on Saturday morning. But Panther City has still won five in a row. Granted, the week off might have an effect here. So that's why I'm only giving them a three. Panther City Lacrosse Club for a three. Jake Elliott. I'm also taking PCLC. I know it's really hard to beat a team three times in a row. Panther City is the story of the season so far. They are the best story that the National Cross League has this year. An expansion team winning five games in a row, put themselves in a playoff position. Panther City for two. See, the, the three times in one year thing scares me. Like That's kind of why I'm taking Colorado over San Diego, and I think that's why I have to take the Calgary Roughnecks over Panther City. And I know a couple weeks ago, Calgary did have a, a two-home game weekend they've got two of these this year which is super rare didn't go so well last time though for didn't go so well but i think they'll learn their mistakes this time i think the calgary roughnecks could have a two-win weekend and elaborate on the panther city lacrosse club it's my one game though (laughs) last game of the weekend second tsn game of the week vancouver warriors six and nine into the now jimmy quinlan Derek keenan coached saskatchewan rush four and ten in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Jake Elliott, who you got? I'm taking Saskatchewan. I am just kidding, of course. Ooh. I am taking <laughs> the Vancouver Warriors here. I, You know, Saskatchewan, let's see how up they get for this game. I know you usually get a little bump with a coaching change here, but Vancouver better come out like their lives are on the line here because essentially they are, and I think they can win this game here. And we'll see if they can get to their former goaltender in Eric Penny as well. They should know his tendencies. So give me Vancouver and give me a three for the Warriors. Evan, who you got? What I'm going to be more interested we, is once we get. We know who Evan's got. But I'm going to be more interested once we get to the cool bet odds this week as to what that over under is, because whatever it is, bet the under, I swear to God, unless it's in the. 1918 range. Really? I yeah, oh yeah, I don't see this game having much of any offense at all. Um, you know, but that coaching bump, Saskatchewan might have a chance. You're just talking Saskatchewan yourself into it because you know you have to take them. That's fine. That's fine. But you know what? I'm actually if, if I get the jersey in time, I'm wearing the Reed Bowering jersey. Yeah, I'm I hit oh, that'll be bold. Okay, I'm bringing the Reed Bowering jersey for you. Um, we'll hook up before the game. Pictures, We're coming in please, hot online. From Calgary the night before, um, but I'll, I'll get it to you that afternoon. I mean, you come swing by the swing by the hotel and grab I it. Want pictures yeah. at yeah. Sastel with Evan wearing the jersey in the crowd. All right, Brad, who you got? Uh, TSN game of the week. I'm flipping the coin. I should have flipped the coin on the Halifax Calgary game. I'm not going to backtrack though. I'm flipping the coin for this Vancouver Saskatchewan Rush game. 
Heads Vancouver, tails. No, no, Heads is home team. That's the way it works. Heads is Saskatchewan Rush, tails is Vancouver Warriors. It's tails. Yes, I love it. Vancouver Warriors. I'm going to make it my two game because it was the coin flip. But that's how we're looking this week. Right? All right, there it is. Week 19. Who you got? Good luck, everybody. Again, if you miss tonight's game as we record on a Monday here, it's just your one game. Don't forget to fill out your picks as it's going to get real interesting down the stretch here, especially for those guys at the top. Who you got is done. It's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. Pockets, like we mentioned, the odds aren't up for this week yet, so we can't really put a parlay together to get boosted. But we will put that up online when I mentioned to start off the quarter. All the social channels you can find this information and uh, you know, bet accordingly, stay cool, bet responsibly. Evan, uh, I laid down a little action on the national championship here tonight as the Tar Heels covered the four and a half, so I'm Doing okay here tonight, but lots of other things you can do on CoolBet, and now you can do it in Ontario. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, they were registered in Malta. So they're for the Canadian betters. They're going to be registered in Ontario now, uh, which really doesn't change much. It's just the province of incorporation. A little bit of money coming back this way, but um, yeah, the one thing too, it may not be as obvious when you're looking at CoolBet, but if you go on the the day of the game and you click on the game itself you're going to see a whole bunch of other futures odds where you can bet on prop how many goals assists whatnot somebody's going to score the yeah Jim prop, and also prop took home a nice little well uh, you can do nice futures. those are two different and, things though evan right futures where it's yeah. like a season-long bet right but then they have individual game prop bets so like mm-hmm. jeff teat to score three goals over under or Five and a half points for Josh Byrne in a game over under. So lots of different yeah. prop bets within the individual game, which can be fun because you don't have to worry about the outcome or how many goals are scored. You're betting on individual performances. Well, I recall the game after Keegan Ball put up, what, eight. It was like a one and a half on yeah. him, over under one and a half. And it took a last second empty netter for it to pay off. But, you know, you know, like, those who put money on Dan McCray start of the season got paid off tonight. Uh, Jeff Teat ones got paid off. And I guess the one thing I'm just kind of waiting to see is whether they're going to put PLL lots up there. I imagine they're mm, going to. Yeah. But, interesting. I didn't think you know, about that. And, you know, the interesting part there is, is that the chaos who defending champs, but they're going to be missing half their lineup unless Buffalo or San Diego gets upset along the route. So it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting few opening weeks of that betting season. No doubt. And if, again, if you're new to the podcast and you may be new to cool bet, if you have not signed up on cool bet yet, 
do so post haste. And when you do, make sure you put in the bonus code up in the top left corner. Bonus code is LAXCLASS. And what that'll do for you is get you some free money. First time deposit, they will match you up to $200, but you have to use the bonus code LAXCLASS. And they will match it. So 200 turns into 450, turns into 100, etc. Once again, stay cool. That responsibly, and I think that'll wrap up. Keep an eye out for the parlay, the boosted parlay coming up online uh, Tuesday morning, hopefully. Tuesday, well, right around when the show is posted, I would say. So when you're listening to this, head over to Lax Class on Twitter, and the odds will be up there for you. Thank you to Christian Delbianco and Challen Rogers for stopping by the podcast to our fabulous sponsor, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, and Cool Bet Canada. By the way, I said by the way a few times tonight. By the way, new sponsor hopping on board come next month. A little local flavor to it as well. So stay tuned. For that, uh, but now we got to get out of here for Evan Sheminar and Brad Challoner. I've been Jay Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay healthy and stay classified. 